What's up, Hyperfast Agent? On this episode of the show, I sat down with a 17-year veteran in the real estate industry. He began his career the traditional real estate method, calling sphere of influence, calling expired FISBOs, withdrawns. He made a big shift six years ago, started creating content, did YouTube miniseries, got big on Facebook and Instagram. Now he's grown his team exponentially. He's got several agents working for him on track to do over 100 deals in 2021 and even more in the following year. Welcome to the show, Amit Bhutta. Welcome to the show today, Amit. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing good. Always nice to have another South Floridian on the show. We, we should have done this in person. <laughs> totally. Well, tell our, our team, I know, or, or our audience a little bit about yourself, your team, and what you're building down in Miami, because it's it's uh, I know it's impressive, right? You've, you've sold a couple of homes this year, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, thank God we, we've done We've done pretty well. And um, you know what I'm most proud of isn't like the numbers of homes that we've sold, that we all really love our jobs. You know, if we won the lottery tomorrow, we would still do what we do. And why, um, why is that? What's, what's, it must, I mean, it must be really fun, right? What, what is uh, fun about it for you and, and the team? And, and how big is the team, by the way? Yeah. So, we just hired um, someone the other day on Friday. And prior to that, we have someone new as well. So Vico has been with us a short time. Donna just started. Today's actually her first day. She just is getting onboarded today. And then there's Jade. Jade is 25, Will is 27, and I'm um, 52. So there's a few of us. Um, you know, before I've been in real estate 17 years and for 11 years, I was doing everything that people told me to do. My brokers told me to do call up a bunch of people that you know, and even though you're new in real estate, have them trust you with the most important asset of their life and call for sale by owners, call expireds and just do things that we really didn't like to do. And what we fell in love with is creating content, creating content that's consumer focus, that people would enjoy stuff. It doesn't have to be real estate. Probably maybe only 20% is real estate. 80% is about when, us. When, when was that shift, right? Because you said 17 years, but I, uh, you know, so these things, these things weren't around for, you know, until like 14 <laughs> years ago, right? And people weren't really taking advantage of them until the last few years. So when, when did you make that, that transition, that shift? Yeah, so roughly about six years ago. Okay. Um, started creating content and you know with anything you make mistakes as you start and then we started getting better at it and prior to that you were more traditional cold calling calling expires fizbos friends family maybe farming yeah right? I, yeah i was calling for sale by owners expired and you know i don't want to brag but i got really good at it but i hated it 
It would be yeah. a Sunday night and I'd be not excited about calling someone that I wanted to set up an appointment with. Yeah, it's, it's um, a grind for sure. It works. I know people that have gotten in the industry made well into six figures in year one, just from calling expires and Fizbo's for two hours. And it's great. That opportunity is out there and anyone can do that. And maybe for some people it is fun, but, but, uh, but, but I know for a lot of people it's not. And there's other ways that are probably more fun for more people uh, and really have like a long-term value, right? Because what you're building on, on the content side, like that, that you have to almost look at it like a recurring revenue stream, right? It's going to keep bringing you money and deal flow, right? Yeah, totally. And I, I like how you said that, that there's many different ways to do well in real estate. And it, it's like you said, some people do love doing that. And that's great. You know, I, I love real estate for that fact. There are so many different ways to be successful in it. And we get 95% of our business from people that sort of know us. They know that I met my wife on match.com when I was 44. You know, they know they know these specific examples of things where they got to know us and like us. And some people don't like us, which is okay. But the people that call us, it's a much different call. It's not me calling Dan and asking Dan if he wants to do business with me. It's Dan calling me and saying, hey, I saw your content on YouTube or on Facebook or Instagram. And would you guys like to do business with us? It's so much different. Yeah, if they, if they find you there, it's, it's like they already know you, basically, know, know you like you trust you. Uh, it's it's a lot easier than calling 100 people on the expired list in an hour. Three of them reluctantly give you an appointment, and maybe you convert one of them, and, you know, they're they're basically leading with how cheap will you do it for when you come in, right? So you're, you're facing that uh, right from the get-go. Um what platforms are you doing this on? Yeah, you know, I think you mentioned the blog, YouTube, but where, where, what, what social media platforms are you are you doing this on? So, like, what we do is, so our team, we're all different. We have different personalities and stuff. So we try and create this avatar of our audience who would who we mm. want to connect with, and then we see who would be on it. So, like with me, since I'm older than the people on my team, I'm in Facebook, Instagram. I have a pretty good following on Instagram. Um, on LinkedIn, I do that. Whereas some other people on the team will like Jade on our team. She does a ton of Instagram stories and, you know, it just depends on where your audience is at. What, um, yeah. What, what, what kind of success, I guess, have you seen if, if you could describe like, like what were your numbers the 11 years before uh, you started really getting into the content creation game, and then and then what's happened in the last six years since since you've uh, you know gone down that path? Like, what? How has that changed the trajectory of your business? Yeah, great question. So, like when I was doing it for the first eleven years, I was thinking of how to survive, or is mm -hmm. real estate for me? It was just me, you know. I was selling. I probably had eighty to ninety percent buyers and probably um, you know, very few listings, selling three to $400,000 homes. Now, like this year, we'll probably end up, now we have a team, 
And for most of the numbers, I would say there were only three people that did these numbers. We'll probably end up with, I don't know, maybe 125 deals when the, when the year ends. Our average price point is, you know, and this includes um, rentals and, and luxury properties like that we sell, probably 1.2 million. And, um, and it's just way more enjoyable. Yeah. So you're going to be at, I mean, you'll, you'll probably be over a hundred million then at, the, at those. Numbers, well, right? we'll probably do like 50 or 60 because we do a oh. lot of rentals. We're getting gotcha. a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. So, so 50 million, I mean, that's, that's, that's solid numbers, you know, well into seven figures on, on gross commission. Um, and, you know, describe for me, like, the, the the cost of doing all of this like is it is it more efficient more cost beneficial more profitable than than the traditional method yeah i think so because like for all these lead generators as more people do it whether it's zillow realtor.com trulia whatever the method is it gets more and more expensive every year because more and more people are doing it and it becomes less efficient you know you may you may close one in 150 people. And like you said, Dan, those people are just asking how cheap. Hold that thought for a second. Do you struggle with how to scale your real estate business without trading your most valuable asset, your time, for money? If so, Carrie and I want to help you. Since March of 2020, we have doubled our sales and tripled our profit. And we want to help you grow your real estate business in a smart way at the Hyperfast Summit in Boca Raton, Florida on February 1st and 2nd, 2022. We're bringing together top real estate leaders to help agents from all over the world. Go to hfasummit.com for tickets. Again, that's hfasummit.com for tickets. You can do it because they don't see value in you. When right. we create content, authentic content, it could be for free. What we do spend money on is retargeting. So like if you go to our website, you'll see a post like a sponsored post that follows you. Maybe it's on um, Instagram or Facebook or YouTube and it'll tell you like about the team and it won't be this boring stuff. I, I hate to call it like sponsored posts. It's more like mm. something where you, one of our most successful posts is me looking at my wife at my wedding and it says how I was reluctant to go on match.com. And I'm <laughs> yeah, that's, you know? that's a good, that's a good hook. You know, every, every, every piece of content I think you put out, you really need to think, okay, how am I going to get their attention? Right? How do, what's my hook? How do I get them to stop scrolling? All right. Now what's my, what's my story going to be? Well, you know, what am I going to, what's the message? And then, you know, what do I want them to do at the end of this? Do I want them to just, like and comment do i want them to you know is it, is it one of your more direct ones where you're, you're trying to get them to call you for you know selling their home but but that that definitely is a, a good hook right there, there's some some irony in it i think for some reason um, yeah it's totally and i'm glad you said that you know when we look at content most people and I, I know your team is amazing dan so i know i know that so i'm not saying this about you guys but in general most agents they think of video as they need the hook really quickly but they don't look at that as written word or audio mm. and so we you always have to have that hook like within the first the a good marketer their first sentence the goal of that first sentence is for you to read the second sentence 
you know, and sometimes instead and like MLS listings, just all, all the remarks that we create. So you got to create it so that person is excited about reading the second sentence. And, um, you know, when you do that with audio, when you do that with video, whatever. So it, it is pretty powerful. We get most of our success when we share our failures and we talk mm. less about real estate. With that said, we do have to have social proof. We People can't just think that we're cool people or, you know, that they know about our family. We have to share success stories about our clients. And a better way of doing it just sold is to talk about the story about that person and that we're, we're, we're the guide and the, the customer is the hero. Yeah, I, th I think you're, you're certainly right on that. No, no deal is the same. And every deal has really, it's the culmination of some problem that, that you help solve. And it, I, think, I think it's important to explain that to people right like no this isn't this isn't a home i sold for you know a million two like this buyer had very specific needs they were out of town they were only down here for short amounts of time i i had to find this thing off market for them right or or, or source the deal this way right like there's, there's all those elements or you know the financing fell apart and i had a backup lender you know whatever it is totally so like um, with that post we would start off the post like it, it just happened, you know, their financing fell apart. We were only three weeks away. And then you start and then you build up the story. You start it where it's a challenge. And then the challenge was solved as you get into it. Is, is that what you meant by sharing? Well, you, you said earlier, the posts that do the best are sharing failures. So is that is that like sharing the challenge of the deal? Or, or in some cases, is it like, this it, totally yeah, fell apart it, and it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it's both. You know, I, I did a post where I was talking about a client. I, I said, like, so I said, my client didn't care that 95% of our of our listings close. With this client, we were 0 for 1. It didn't matter. The numbers don't matter. And we were lucky enough that this person believed us to extend our listing. And then I talked about it. And then at the end of the listing, I said, I was no way responsible for this deal closing. It was Will on the team. So it makes you human. You're not bragging all the time. Right. You know? I, th I think, I think that goes a lot further, you know, in the minds of people, consumers out there. Like if, you know, if, 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 the, if every post is like, you know, Ahmet did this, Ahmet did that, <laughs> they're, they're going to get bored of it pretty quickly. But if you're like, I, you know, I was able to solve this problem for my client because the team here did, did this. I, I, I think that it resonates a lot better with people and sharing the challenges, I think, resonates um, more as well. Totally. What, um, you know, but, but let's, let's talk about like, you know, into this year, rolling into next year. Um, what's your team going to look like as, as you move into 2022? And what are your goals for 2022? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think like we, we realized about like five, six months ago that the market isn't always going to be this great. You know, we, we wish it is, but it, it, it can't sustain itself. So what we've started doing is we picked out like, in, so I'm in South Florida, as you know, we picked out like 35 different hyper local areas. 
So what we're doing is we're writing five blogs. So the blogs would be like, I'll give you an example. We started Golden Beach, doing Golden Beach. Golden Beach is a very expensive area. Calvin Klein, some of the other people have lived there. So we do the first blog is um, explore Golden Beach. The second blog would be five things you may not know about Golden Beach. The third thing would be um, five things to do in Golden Beach. Next thing would be five places to get dinner in Golden Beach. Next thing would be five places to get dessert in Golden Beach. Then we're doing a, a neighborhood drone video of the area, different businesses and stuff. And then we are an, having a blog where it shares like a search. So we're trying to give information to people where SEO will do really well because before you do anything, you, pre you pretend you're a consumer and you look for that stuff. And usually you're not gonna find really real estate agents doing that stuff. But if you spend the money and time doing high quality content, it'll do well and it's already been paying off. So that's what our team is. We're, we're preparing for the future by creating content that is consumer centered content because we're in Miami and a lot of people are moving here. We wanna be like the go-to, we, I told Will on the team when he was asking me, what content should we create? I said, imagine your friend is coming here and they have a month to spend in Miami and you're taking them to a bunch of places. Just write about that. And that's good enough. What, what, are, you, what are you seeing in that trend of, of people moving to Miami, moving to Florida? I know some some people think it they're moving in masses other people say it's it's just normal migration patterns but is has, has it picked up in the last couple of years and where do you think it's going yeah so since covid there there are two major groups of people that are moving to um south florida miami broward county and stuff like that so one of the groups is of course the wealthy the the ultra rich where they can save a ton of taxes by moving to florida but the second is a segment that a lot of people don't know about. It's the segment where these people now, all of a sudden, they can work remotely from their job, whether they're in Chicago, the Bay Area, New York, somewhere Northeast. And they're like, they're called Henry's. They're high earners, not rich yet. So they're huh. younger professionals. I don't, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard that term before. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty cool. You have these people that are they make good income, but they haven't been doing it long enough to have a ton of money. Or, or they spend it all. A lot of them don't know how to save money. <laughs> totally. So what these people can do is they can move to Miami. They can save on the state tax. They can mm. still keep their higher paying job and they can live here because they, they, they can go to a restaurant. Totally. Uh, totally. They can't, they they can't can... do that in every city. You know? Right. Totally. Yeah. Florida is quite different than most places. But yeah, so we're getting those two groups of people. And, you know, just as strong as the real estate market is for purchasing and selling, the rental market is even more insane than that here, because a lot of people can't find homes and it's even busier. So to answer your question, it's much busier as far as people moving to Miami than it was in the past. And are you are you getting a lot of out of towners or what's what's the kind of your client base mix if if you know it? Yeah, so we're getting we're getting a ton of fee. So it depends on the price point for the most part. So okay. if it's a higher price point, if it's like a million, two million, five million, something like that, it's typically like Chicago, the Bay Area, Boston, DC, um, Connecticut, stuff like on the Northeast Coast, and um, 
those any place where the taxes are high, where they can save a significant amount of money. Um, if it's like lower price jobs that people are moving here, it could it's probably like local or sometimes like these remote people that I was talking about, those Henrys. Do you think the that this trend will continue and and if 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 you pulled out a crystal ball where do, where do you think the the Florida market is going in the next 6 months to year so i i think like living in miami i'm fortunate because our state taxes are low and a lot of people like the weather there obviously they're not there are things that aren't great about miami i actually did a youtube video on the nine worst things about moving to miami oh, but really? with, yeah. What's, you know, you what's, keep what's, what's like, uh, uh, what, what's your YouTube channel, by the way, in case anyone's listening and wants if, to go check it out? If they just look at my name, they can find it. Okay. Uh, so it's, and that's, uh, uh, Amit and, Buddha. Yeah. Amit Buddha, B H U T A, for, for all you listeners out there, check it out on YouTube. But what, what are like one or two of the, uh, things <laughs> that are not good about Miami? And then we can go, go back to where you think the market's going. Yeah. Good question. So, um, one of the things in Miami, the work ethic isn't that great, mm. you know? And the, so I always put a positive spin on it. So I'd say if you're in a place- it's opportunity. Where, <laughs> yeah, if you're just average where you're at, you're gonna be better than average here. If you're good there, you're gonna be great. Another thing is um, punctuality. People are terrible here. <laughs> so if you're always late, you may be on time now. If you're always on time, you're gonna be early. So, you know, there's always different ways of looking at things. I, I had a, a rare situation on that that note. You know, we, we moved down here, as you know, to, at the start of the pandemic and into our Airbnb house, you know, and we just we just stayed for till now, at least <laughs> um, nice. and started running a lot of our business virtual. Well, we've we have had issues, you know, getting contractors or just any type of service uh, people often right it's it's um you're right on the punctuality you're right on the, you know sometimes they're just not interested in doing the job um but i had i had someone today coming to do a boat repair who uh they said they got thrown off by daylight savings or and were, were, were an hour early because they were up early so um i was i was shockingly surprised and happy with, with the results so I, I feel like i i've lucked out <laughs> That's funny. Um, so to answer your question about where the market is going, I think, you know, one of the things about agents, we, we get, uh, we get to see the playing field before consumers do because consumers, a lot of times will see like the end results, like this, how many, this was how many sales, this cash deals, finance deals, whatever. But as an agent, we see the offers that we get. So like our market is slowing down a bit because like, I'll give you an example. So say in the past, we had an, a property where we got 10 offers, six would five or six would be cash, two or three would be big down payment finance deals, and the rest would be like lower down payment finance deals. So that same property that would get 10 offers now is getting like five or six, we're getting less cash, less, less big down payments, and smaller and more of the lower um, down payment finance deals. So we're seeing that. So if I had to guess, and you know, there are a lot of things that we can control, but there are a lot of things that we can't control. And my best guess would be, I think the market is gonna be different in Miami 
um, depending on the segment, the price point and stuff like that, probably towards the end of the first quarter of 2022 to the, you know, the second quarter. Yeah, I, I, I think slowing down a bit would be pro pro probably a little bit better, actually, in the long term. I mean, this 10, 10 offered deals is, is stressful. That's stressful on everyone, the agents, the buyers, the lenders, like it, it makes it fairly difficult. Um, so I, I, th I think flattening out for a bit, taking a pause is kind of a, a good thing. I, you know, I, I don't see the overall equation changing much. I mean, it's, it's very hard for builders. You know, they've, they've had a tough 10 years. They have not built enough homes, um, for 14 years in a row now, each and every year. Last year, they were like a million and a half, 2 million short, depending on who you talk to. And the supply chain is incredibly screwed up now and, and uh, on everything. Like I'm talking bicycle parts, boat parts, car parts, appliances. And unfortunately that, that affects building a lot. So it's, you, you just can't create new inventory like you could in 05, 06, 07. Like it, it takes longer and longer. I'm sure you're seeing this to build condos, houses, to get lumber, to get concrete, to get, microprocessors for the appliance like everything is is totally screwed up so i i um i, th I think we will take a, a pause though just because it was it was pretty crazy last spring um but i still think right now we're in this time period and and i could be wrong but i, I think if, if if you look at if you put a dot on today and put a dot five years from now five years from now you'll, you'll look back at this time and and say Houses were cheap back then. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you you mentioned about slowing down a bit because, you know, as, as listing agents, we never forget, like our team never forgets that that person, that buyer for that other agent probably spent hours picking out these homes that they want to see. They took time out of their day to drive to the place. They, they drove home. They thought about the property. Their family thought about it. And then they don't get it time after time after time after time. It's heartbreaking, you know? So I, it would be great if they more people had a better shot at it. Totally. Well, th think of it from a productivity efficiency effort. Like, you know, you mentioned they, they might drive there, go home, write the offer. You know, they got to talk to the agent, talk to the lender. Maybe they see it twice. Maybe they get a pre-inspection. Some people do that, right? So like... On average, I'd say for every offer that someone writes and loses out on, you're, you're probably talking at least five, but maybe 10 hours of work, you know, from all the parties involved. So if, if that happens to 10 buyers on a, on a home that lose out because there was 11 offers, you know, that, that could be a hundred hours of wasted time total, like, you know, people hours. <laughs> That's a yeah, lot. <laughs> for sure. And, and the emotional aspect of it, you know, the mental health, it's crazy. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you have a client that needs to buy or sell a home in the DMV area? Then why not trust the highest selling team in the DMV, the Carrie Scholl team? We've helped thousands of buyers and sellers and would love to help your clients. And we guarantee we will save them time, money, and stress throughout the process. And they will be so grateful that you referred them to us. Go to carryshoal.com to learn more. Again, that's carryshoal.com 
to learn more about sending us your clients that need to buy or sell a home in the DMV area. That's carryshoal.com. Yeah, well, I, I like what you're doing on the micro content side. I think that's that's a good way to to build a recurring source of revenue and business, you know, by by putting out hyper-specific, hyper-local content uh, on, on different market areas that, you know, you want to serve. I, I think that's a, 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 a good model. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll make the, the good thing is you'll make this stuff once. And, you know, when it's on YouTube, when it's on a blog, that um, lasts a long time, right? Like I'm, I, I love social media. I love TikTok. I love Instagram. I love Facebook, but you, you make content on there and, and they, they have these charts that I don't, I don't have them in front of me, but it, you know, the content basically lasts like an hour to a day, right. On those platforms, you, you get it on YouTube, you get it on uh, a blog. It lasts for years. Um, you know, cause once, once you post something, it's on Facebook, people don't see it within the first day it's gone on average gone yeah totally like you know for us even though we're on a lot of platforms and you know i have a lot of instagram followers i have forty thousand plus but with that said that's not and I'm, I'm not saying that to brag or anything i'm just saying that that that's not that big of a lead generator for me what's more what's better is youtube we did a a, a youtube video on airbnb how to do airbnbs without getting fined We've probably had, and we haven't even got that many views, maybe now, because it's been like many, many months, you know, now it's like six or eight months, we probably have four or 5,000 views. And in the beginning, it was like 100, 200, it, it took forever. But we've had almost 20 different clients from that, from that, you know, YouTube video. So never look at the vanity metrics, like yeah. the likes, the shares and all that. Just think about the content. Would you watch it? Yeah, and I, I like how you know you're using Instagram and some of these shorter uh, term, short form platforms. You're, you're using that to get people over to the, the longer form stuff, the YouTube's, the blogs, and um, you know they're going to be that much easier as a client when they call you up because they they've seen you talk about what sucks about Miami and. <laughs> you know, how to, how to not <laughs> do an Airbnb. Right. So, so they, they, they know you're an expert and have knowledge and have critically thought about, you know, different, different things that could come up in their real estate transaction. And I think it, it makes it that much easier for you. Thanks. And like a lot of times we think about being an expert and just getting the lighting, the equipment and all that. Right. Man, that Airbnb video is just me with the same fake background I have back here. And um, also just sharing like websites online and that's mm. it. I know nothing about doing Airbnb videos until I like directed the people to those websites. So my advice would be don't overthink it. It's a lot easier than we think it is. How much, how much research and kind of studying did you, did you, preparation did you have to do prior to making this Airbnb video? About 20 minutes because I, I yeah. Googled I Googled like where to find the sites because I didn't want to Google it. Like I wanted to have the link set up already sure. so I could talk about it, but that's it. it. It didn't take long at all. And I read it, you know. 
And then how was how long was the video? Like five, ten minutes? No, it, you know the thing is this: a lot of people when they look at um, when they look at YouTube and Instagram and all that, they don't know like the differences. When someone sure. goes on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook, they usually want entertainment. You know, when they go on YouTube, they want ed- entertainment or education. Right. So if the video is longer, so like on Instagram, TikTok, and all these other sites. TikTok's a little bit different because the music is cool. So people want to hear the music, but for the most part, those, those social media platforms, they they need like the words to show the captions of the words to show because people are usually at work and they're seeing it. But with YouTube, they're usually at home. It's like they're watching a TV show and they're listening to the audio. So it could be longer. So that video might've been like 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. So it's a little bit longer. Yeah. They stay on a lot longer, you know? I'm gonna have to go go check it out. I've I've got a couple of Airbnbs in uh, Broward. Maybe, oh, cool. Maybe I'll look at getting some in Dade as 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 well. But um, yeah, I gotta I gotta make sure I'm not messing things up now and, and go do some research on your channel. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too it's not too tough. Yeah, no, it's 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 not. People people get intimidated by it, but they they are one of the best investments. I think you can make in, in real estate right now because the, the there's so much more cash flow in it. Yeah, and I, I, if you set up the right structures up front, it, I don't think it's that that hard to to manage them and screen and make sure you have you know quality people coming in. Yeah, if you just documented your journey, since you're an owner, that would resonate with people really well. Well, maybe maybe we'll start doing that. Um, I appreciate you being on the show today and sharing with us and, 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 you know, just hearing about your journey, the transition from the traditional agent to this content creating machine. Before we wrap up, I always like to do a hyper fast round. If you're ready for some rapid fire questions and answers. Ready. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? To don't overthink it, document your journey and talk about stuff that people want to see, not what agents want to hear. What's one thing that successful agents don't do that you think they should? Um, think about the other real estate agents as part of the segment of who they should market mm-hmm. to. Interesting. Uh, what's the biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how did you overcome it? Um, you know, I had seven friends commit suicide and I, I, I was suicidal for a while and it was just getting back thinking what's really important in life and what's not. So that was the thing. If you had to start all over, you couldn't bring any of your content with you, your name recognition, your money. You could, you know, you could only bring what in your, in your client list, right? You could only bring what you've learned what would the first thing, uh, what would the first thing you would do as a new real estate agent? I'd share my journey with the world. I would say I'm brand new at this, you know? Um, I'm hoping some of you are gonna follow my journey and and you're gonna help me create the journey. So I'd share it. Amazing, last question. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? I'm doing like maybe five showings a year. And um, having the team do the rest and just creating um, a, a group of people that love creating content. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait to see that journey and hopefully many other people will 
follow along as well. Before we sign off, can you tell uh, our listeners how they can follow you on social media and, and how they should connect with you if they're looking to buy or sell a home in the Miami area? Yeah, so we, we um, about two years ago, we had a videographer, a few videographers follow our team 12 hours a week and we created these little shows. So if you go to all in Miami, TV, all in Miami.tv. You could watch some of this foolishness that we do and get to know us a bit more. All right. Check out all in Miami.tv. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. I, I hope you got a ton of value out of this. I know I did. Thank you, Amit. And if you're listening or watching on YouTube, please share this with someone else that you think could get value out of it and leave us some comments. We love feedback. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.